0: Our podcast family has experienced a few changes over the years. Our show still revolves around the same theme, and that's madness. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersox.
1: And I'm Kyle Skinner.
0: And we are your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode will focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Instagram at mouse madness pod. Send us an email at mouse madness at gmail.com or support us on Patreon by becoming a member of Jerry's gang at patreon.com slash mouse madness. Kyle, we're, we're, we're gaining our foothold in 2024, but one of our success stories of 2023 was the mouse madness boys trip to Walt Disney world. I don't know about you, but it was it was like a top three highlight of my whole year. I know you got married, so you have a little bit of you know competition, (laughs) but it was so fun.
1: Ah, God, yeah, it was so much fun. It feels I was I was gonna bring this up anyways on the show, but because going back and looking at some of the stuff, I I was like, did we do that? Did I dream we did that? Like I couldn't quite even (laughs) remember what we even did on that trip because it was such a whirlwind and it was just so much fun. Uh, that we, we pack so much in such little time. And that really opened the door for us and for this podcast to dive into a whole other topic, a whole other park, a whole other resort to break things down on. And we're, we're diving in with our first Walt Disney World bracket here to start off 2024. And it is the best Magic Kingdom attraction bracket. This is a really exciting one because it it's going to be hard for me not to do a little bit of apples to apples with the Disneyland stuff. Like, how do I keep my mind only in the Magic Kingdom, having been there only once for one day? Uh, but I'm really excited to dive into it. And of course, to, to break into the inaugural Magic Kingdom Walt Disney World bracket, we had to bring in the Florida resident. We had to bring in the Walt Disney World master himself. It is it's Michael Davis. Mike, welcome back.
2: Thanks for having me back, guys really excited to get into
1: this. I know you've been itching. You've been waiting oh, it's been over the course of this podcast you've messaged us and like I can't wait till you guys do Walt Disney World <laughs> stuff. And here we are, Mike.
2: Hey, I mean, I was I was there for that boys trip too, so, you know, just so much more we can dive into. Oh yeah, yeah. and, oh, and yeah.
0: Michael got some of the uh, kind of like quick takes, but I'm really really looking forward to kind of diving in really deep because what tends to happen is like me and me and michael will sort of like text or dm on the side about uh walt disney world and then kyle's just kind of like the odd man out but happy kyle to welcome you into this <laughs> magic kingdom walt disney world community it's oh, great yeah. to have you uh, oh, yeah. and before we uh get into all of that A tradition that we have been celebrating since the beginning of this podcast, 230 episodes ago. It's a spoonful of sugar, uh, our drink of choice for the day. I'm happy, Kyle, to say that my fast is over. So um, thank you to everyone who had patience with me in the last two episodes. My brain was not fully functioning, but uh, it was hard. And it took a toll on me, but, you know, I'm glad I did it. It, it was a nice uh, way to sort of lay the foundation for the way I'm hoping to treat my body in 2024. And sure. uh, I'm, I'm back in my fitness bag. So actually just 15 minutes or so before we hopped on the recording here, I went out on a little run. Just a nice, nice little easy two miles. Uh, and so I'm um, sipping on a little protein shake and for those of you that listen to the show regularly this is this is a returning protein shake it's just straight up blender bottle two scoops of chocolate whey <laughs> and extra creamy oat milk and i'll tell you it's high in calories but it's uh, it goes down real smooth and non oh. non dairy for uh, for my lactose intolerant friends <laughs> so um, so it's great It's great. Uh, Kyle, what are you drinking today?
1: I have uh, a bit of a spiked coffee here with me in my uh, Walt Disney World mug that matches the shirt that I am also currently wearing right now. I just brewed some coffee. I put a bunch of extra creamer in it because I've I've been down this path before and it's always a mistake. And I put a shot of rum in it. Uh, And so it's just a nice little like vanilla spiked coffee. Uh, And I'm digging it. We're recording in the middle of the day. Uh, which is a rarity for us. So this feels like I'm really kicking things off, on the off on the right foot. Nice, Mike. What you got?
2: So also kind of trying to be healthy at the start of this year. So I am staying sober for the time being, and I have a coffee in one hand and a smoothie in the other. So
1: <laughs> you got you got the best <laughs> of both yeah. worlds. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. We have our drinks in hand. It's time to talk about the demographic that helped choose this bracket of 16. Uh, And here on the West Coast, we got a little (laughs) thing called Magic Keys. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but it is exactly (laughs) what you think it is. It is a Magic Key to the Disneyland Kingdom. It is our annual pass system. And uh, the Magic Key was not for sale for most of 2023. Like They sold out, quote unquote, whatever that means for them. Uh, And they just stopped sales of most of the passes. And then just earlier this week, they went back on sale. And if you would have seen those lines in the Esplanade of Disneyland, people were lining up in person because if you've ever tried to do anything in the virtual queue system of Disney online, you know that you're not getting through to anybody. You're stuck in a queue. It might refresh on you. It's a dangerous game. So people went in person and it was very long lines. And so while they were sitting there, waiting for to speak somebody at the window. Our interns harassed them in line and asked them, hey, we know that you love the parks because you're trying to give Disney about $1,500 to go to them uh, most days of the year. What about Walt Disney World? What are your favorite Magic Kingdom attractions? And they gave us a big list of attractions that you can take to go on over at the Magic Kingdom. And we whittled it down to, uh, to the 16. But Chris, of course, there's got to be a few that missed the dance. Uh, what's some for you?
0: Yeah, a couple that are very close to my heart. Uh, the Walt Disney World Railroad. Hmm. I um. I don't know the last time I went on the Walt Disney World ra- Railroad, but we took a little spin around the Magic Kingdom when we were out there. And one thing I felt was very interesting was that hopping on the Magic Kingdom Railroad, it was um, apparent that the berm that the Disneyland resort kind of prides itself on being able to occlude the surrounding area. What not really existent in Florida. (laughs) Uh, You can look to your right and see, you know, magic kingdom and look to your left and, Oh, there's like a little canal where some of the runoff water uh, goes. (laughs) So not quite as magic, although you know what? I love a little train ride. So that one missed the dance for me. And then also an attraction I experienced for the first time this year last year rather enchanted tales with bell. Uh, mm. This one is one that not for people like you, Kyle, that are afraid of a little bit of audience participation, but uh, perfect for people like me who love sort of themed entertainment in a little bit more of a immersive way. You are in a little tiny room. It's, it's bell's library that's sort of set up to be like a, almost like a little amphitheater and uh-huh. uh, you, you, Watch Belle tell some stories and you see the little kids uh, participate in some of those stories. And it's just really fun and and really, really takes you out of of the Magic Kingdom, takes you out of the Florida heat as well. I had a really fun time with that. And we've seen um, that concept kind of being built on with the new Arendelle area opening uh, this year in Hong Kong. Right. And there's sort of something similar with Anna and Elsa. So I think we're gonna see more stuff like this coming in the future. Maybe a little, little, little Mirabelle?
1: And oh like, like a
0: Cita? And, yeah. uh, that could be fun. Anyways, those are my two Mr. Dance Magic Kingdom attractions. Uh, Kyle, how about you?
1: Yeah, my I only have one and it's the enchanted tiki room. Hmm. Uh, considering what a footprint the tiki room takes up at the Magic Kingdom's Adventureland, like it it is disruptive to the flow of, <laughs> of Adventureland. It is smack dab in the middle of the dang thing. And for people to not make it onto the 16, it's kind of mind-blowing. Uh, but I don't think that maybe East Coasters have quite the nostalgia that we do for the, the West Coast version, it being kind of the OG. sure. But it's still one of those attractions that gets you out of that Florida heat, lets you cool down for a little bit. It's a, a classic Disney show. Uh, And so I'm just surprised that there's some other interactive type shows on this bracket that made it and the birds got left out. So that's just my one uh, for this bracket. Mike, any for you?
2: So mine is also a show, and this is something that I don't know why, but I just tend to do every single time I go to Magic Kingdom. Mickey's Magic.
1: Mm. Oh,
2: another thing that gets you out of the Florida heat. And I don't know why, but that show, it's just its really nice. I don't know. It's just a great thing to just throw in the middle of like a hot Florida summer day. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you get a little duck butt at the end. <laughs> so, yeah. Duck butt.
2: And they, they recently updated it to include a uh, cocoa scene. So, right. Nice. Newly renovated. Always nice.
1: All right. We... Talked about the Missed Dances, let's go ahead and introduce the dance. It is the 16 best Magic Kingdom attractions. Cue up that dramatic music, and Chris, I'll let you take it first.
0: (laughs) Hi-ho! Coming in at number one, it's Seven Dwarfs Mine Train.
1: Entering the grid at the number two seed is Tron Light Cycle Run.
0: Be sure not to skip the number three seed, it's Jungle Cruise.
1: Looking for guest 1,000 at the four seed is the haunted mansion. You're clear for
0: launch with the number five seed, it's Space Mountain. Soaring over London into the sixth seed is Peter Pan's flight. The wildest wi- wildest ride in the wild <laughs> The wildest ride in the wilderness roars in at number seven. It's Big Thunder Mountain Railroad.
1: Wow. Biggest letdown on the bracket at the eighth seed. It's Pirates of the Caribbean.
0: Swerving into the number nine spot is Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin.
1: Taking a dip at the ten seat is Under Under the Sea: Journey of the Little Mermaid.
0: Here, there, and everywhere at number eleven is The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh.
1: Giving your feet a little bit of a rest at the twelve seat is the Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover.
0: In the nick of time, checking in at number thirteen <laughs> is Country Bear Jamboree.
1: Giving me anxiety at the 14th seed is Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor.
0: Shining, shimmering, splendid at number 15 is the Magic Carpets of Aladdin.
1: And landing at the 16th seed, what may be the greatest stage show ever, is Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress. 16 Magic Kingdom attractions. We've got some repeats from the Disneyland uh, California parks. We've got some new things. Mike. Anything surprise you about this bracket? Any matchups that you're looking forward to breaking down?
2: I mean, there's a lot of heavy hitters up at the top, but maybe a couple that can surprise us. We'll see.
1: All right. Well, that let's let's hop in. And Chris, I think I'll let you lead off, mm-hmm. uh, at being that you are the more experienced Walt Disney World person of the two of us. Uh, yeah, lead us off the one in sixteen.
0: So going into our trip. In 2023, the number one seed here, Seven Dwarves Mine Train, was my favorite Walt Disney World attraction. Like it had a okay. pretty, I would say, pretty firm hold at that top spot for me. Obviously, Guardians of the Galaxy: Cosmic Rewind was kind of the new ride when I had gone last in summer 2022. And I think that was the conversation people were having was like Seven Dwarves, mm. Mind Trains, sort of like the must ride attraction at Magic Kingdom that is sort of roller coaster related. And then you have this roller coaster at Epcot uh, and and they were sort of being compared to one another. Yeah. Um, as as Avatar Flight of Passage kind of like became that that less new, <laughs> n- you know, best ride quote unquote, at uh, Animal Kingdom, but it was it's falling down, falling down the totally. rankings. So <clears throat> I was pretty confident in, in calling Seven Dwarfs Mine Train my favorite ride. And it's still, I would say, pretty high up there. I think potentially one may have overtaken that position mm. for me. Mm. But I really love the blend of roller coaster and dark ride that exists in Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, and I think for most people that's really the appeal.
1: Yeah, why don't you break that down, especially because we have so many Disneyland people. Sure, they, like give an idea of what that that ride entails.
0: Yeah. So brief sort of summary of the plot of the attraction. You head out the load station. It's a roller coaster. There's probably about 16 rows, maybe 14 rows. Uh, And you're in these little mine cars that they don't swivel, but they tilt from side to side, Uh, free, free tilting and not a controlled tilt sort of moves with gravity. As you go around turns in the roller coaster, the the cart sort of tips with you, and it makes it so that you feel the lateral forces of the roller coaster a little bit less, it's a little more gentle. It's a little more smooth. Uh, to some roller coaster fans, they might say, "Oh, I, like it takes away from the thrill of the ride." But <laughs> but I think it's fun. Like I'm not going to Disney to ride thrilling roller coasters, so I think no. I feel like a little baby just cradled ever so gently <laughs> in my seven dwarfs mine train. So you head out the loading platform to a small drop, turn to the left and you're sort of throughout the ride, um, cruising through these little small, like rock canyons, essentially you're, it's a, Mm -hmm. it's a mine train. So, um, there's a lot of rock work around. Then you get into a little mine area. The ride slows down and you see the seven dwarfs in that mine. Mm. Um, and it's beautiful. You have these gems that are shining throughout, and uh, Dopey's got a couple little diamonds in his eyeballs that make him look extra Dopey. Mm-hmm. And then what's interesting to me is that you have Doc sort of at the end of that sequence with his big old hi ho as you go up the the first lift hill of the attraction. And this is where I think the uniqueness of the ride really stands out to me. Most roller coasters the lift hill is that anticipation that this big drop is coming. There's a lot of silence and everyone's sort of on the edge of their seats, but hi-ho is blasting on that yeah. lift hill. And it's sort of like a party moment for everyone on uh, on the ride. And, and I would honestly compare it to Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout at the Disneyland right. Resort where they've sort of removed that element of suspense and replaced it with just like a little bit more energy, which... Some people might not like, I think in this situation, I probably like it, but maybe on a, on a bigger roller coaster, I might not.
1: I didn't notice this when we went on it uh, and I did a, a watch through to refresh myself before hopping on today. And question for Mike, is it usually a, a little bit of a call and response in the hi-ho where you're going up, Doc says hi-ho, does the train car usually respond with the hi-ho as well? Because in the ride through that I watched, it sounded like the entire train also hi-hoed back to Doc.
2: I think it just depends on uh, your any given experience. I want to be on
1: one of those. <laughs> I, I want to I get hype with everybody. I mean, especially as like the first time rider, you don't yeah. really know what's on the other end of that lift hill. Like, you have no idea. So if you're just, like, getting hype with the squad in your little rocking chair, mine cars, singing hi-ho, like, come on, that makes for one of the greatest lift hills in all coaster history. I love it. I will say,
2: I definitely try to, like, get that thing swinging so hard side to side. <laughs> Throwing like elbows. Just really putting some effort into it. Yeah,
0: putting I his mean- into Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. <laughs> <laughs> Um so you 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 head down a small drop a couple of you know little speed turns and then you sort of end the ride on this break run that has Cinderella wow Cinderella Whoa. it's a multiverse experience <laughs> uh Snow White's cottage that sort of opened up where you can see the little dance you know party happening inside and you have a actually very cool um Evil witch animatronics, sort of peep, peeping in the window uh, yeah. and looking very menacing, and that's sort of the ride. And w- we love to break down components of attractions in order to like stretch the number of brackets we can do when it comes to these theme parks. Um, but when we're talking about attraction, you know, we really are taking into account all elements. And to me, like that includes the queue, that includes the excess. The includes the accessibility of the ride, the wait times and like everything that goes into experiencing the ride. So like that's the ride itself, but there is so much more than that. Uh, When, when I'm thinking about like the best magic kingdom attraction, carousel of progress. We talked about this attraction when we broke down the most American Disney thing (laughs) uh, a couple of years ago, carousel of progress is just a ride that I love so, so much. Um, particularly because it's something that you can throw into pretty much any part of your Magic Kingdom day. Like, especially in 2020 2024, logistics and day planning is as important as it's ever been. So something we did was saved a lot of these sort of easy-to-get-on attractions for that noon to, like, 5 o'clock window where the most people are in the parks. And uh, it's a really nice sort of, like chill experience for for your your Magic Kingdom day at that time um I don't know that like the spirit of the ride is super relevant in 2024 just because the idea of progress is no longer really valued by America what's interesting is and I don't want to like get on a soapbox here but like the type of people that this attraction might appeal to are probably people that actually don't really value progress. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's very, it seems to be sort of glorifying the old days. Um, but what's interesting is like all of these changes from scene to scene to scene are thanks to, you know, people willing to let go of the old days. Exactly. Um, so that's kind of all I'll say about that. But I love um, the script I love the vo- I love the vocal performances. I love the um soundtrack and sort of like the underlying score of the ride. You've got some Sherman Bros bops with Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow um uh, in there. And uh and yeah, like I just it's one of those like Disney nerd rides that I just I just absolutely love. Um so it's very, very hard to see this at 16 and Seven Dwarves Mind Train at number one. I would love to be a troll and and do an upset, but I think you know I have to go with Seven Dwarfs Mine Train here. If Carousel of Progress was at Disneyland, I might I might think a little bit harder about it. Um, But as a something about Magic Kingdom is, most people experience it as like an infrequent resort destination type experience, Um, and I think you have to go with sort of those like big bang for your buck attractions when we're talking about best attractions so I'm gonna go with the number one seed
1: I agree uh definitely the number one seed here I love carousel of progress but I agree with you it's not necessarily what we think of as progress today and also the progress that they're showing is from a like white middle class lens so it's not really applicable to most Americans today anyways like he <laughs> can't be talking about the introduction of you know, electric fridges without also giving into context that like no one had them except for people that looked like him. And Mm -hmm. of course, they're not going to dive into that in a Disney park. But uh, uh, even with all of that uh, kind of loaded onto it, I love that ride. I love that attraction. I love that show. Um, It's obviously the Disney history nerd in me that loves that it's a World's Fair bringover, as well as uh, an animatronic show. And that's really what disney has made kind of its bread and butter on is advancing that technology i think that it kind of got shoehorned into tomorrowland in order to justify calling it tomorrowland by having this thing called carousel of progress with a song The it's a great big beautiful tomorrow but really this is an epcot attraction really this is like looking towards the future looking towards how we can better ourselves as a society and how we can use the past to make life easier for ourselves so like. I think that this fits better over in in Epcot, which makes it not a great Magic Kingdom attraction, which is what we're talking about here. So I agree. Seven Dwarves Mind Train. Uh, Jerry's gang kind of already knows what I feel, how I feel about Seven Dwarves because I gave like a really quick 30 second hit <laughs> once I got off of it. Yeah. And um, it was for, cute. It's cute. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll I'll dive into further why I feel like it's cute, Um, but it definitely moves on here. Mike, would you have done the same?
2: Yeah, probably carousel progress though solid, Very yeah. solid. So, but kind of a big hitter. It's the attractive ride. It's the one that you you know you're waiting a good bit for.
1: Yeah, totally. All right, next matchup here. It's the number eight Pirates of the Caribbean taking on number nine Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger Spin. Uh, two attractions that exist at Disneyland. Uh, basically the same, except pirates at Walt Disney world's way worse. <laughs> and once again, if you saw my magic kingdom, uh, response to it, uh, I said that this pirates of the Caribbean is, is the one that your mom says we got back at home, That like, you not know, we don't need to go to McDonald's. We got, we got the pirates at home. It just is so disappointing being like the big pirates guy to see what they tried to kind of fit in there. And when you kind of dive into the history of like why it is the way it is, there's, there's a ton of stuff. There was a Pirates theme park very close to Walt Disney World at the time, so they didn't really feel like they needed to bring in Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, they are in an area in which Pirates may have also... Traveled to, so it feels like they don't need to bring the experience to <laughs> Disney World, right? Everyone uh, here's the, already it,
0: experienced pirates in real life, so like <laughs> everything pales in comparison <laughs> to being actually robbed and pillaged. I, I right? Know. Exactly.
1: It's in it's in the history books. There, they have, we don't need to bring it. Then they already studied it in fourth grade as part of their Florida history project. Uh And then, like, it was expensive to bring over, and they didn't really want to they didn't want to build it like they were trying to save as much money as they could and then of course opening day people show up thinking that this is disneyland east and they're like where the hell is pirates and sometimes you just got to give the people what they want so they did and i think for most people this is a satisfactory ride like if you're wanting to see pirates a uh, quick uh, cliff notes of pirates you've got it right here the queue incredible i love the queue at the magic Kingdom Pirates. It's fun to kind of walk through this fort-like place and you see a lot of the like dungeons and that kind of stuff and you load in at the fort and you kind of take off from there. But you, you, you miss, you know, the, the skeletons, you miss the caverns, like all of the things that really help make pirates what it is. So I respect it. I, I'm happy that it exists in the park because I love me some pirates in any form, but it is a big disappointment. Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger spin is kind of that evolution of is that middle evolution of a Disney experience. Like this attraction shows up at a time in which like they want to elevate the dark ride experience. We're hitting the big like video game technology boom, as well as a, a historically successful franchise and Toy Story. So you put all that together in a cauldron and something like Uh, space ranger spin happens where you are giving people these little laser guns and you're letting them shoot at targets and run up scores against their friends like it is it it has lasted this long because i think it is perfect for what it is like it is just a fun ride with disney ip that you really love uh and and it doesn't get old because you can play it over and over again and your score will change every single time and you're your uh, laser might not work this time. It might be shooting wonky and you got to kind of overcorrect for it. I think Chris was having a little bit of that experience when we were on the attraction ourselves. I got like wrecked. his laser was, I got it wrecked. was, it was not letting him shoot anything. I was out here like a certified American sniper out there. Taking everything out that here. I wanted <laughs> 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 absolutely everything I wanted. Um, so like this, I, I don't know. This is a tough one here because they both feel very Magic Kingdom. They both feel like solid Disney rides, but like I just don't like the pirates. I just don't get the satisfaction out of it. So like my personal bias is going to have to go towards Buzz hmm. because no matter what coast I'm on, I'm having a fantastic time in a very well themed warehouse, and I'm shooting at things with my friends, just balling for the bros out there. I'm going number nine with the upset.
0: I totally understand where you're coming from, especially as someone who loves all things Pirates, you know, it being like very disappointed in kind of the, the product at, at Magic Kingdom. Um, I, however, really dislike Space Ranger Spin. Um, oh. I think it's actually the worst example of rides <laughs> at Disneyland that are worse at Walt Disney World. Um, wow. You have, I don't, and I don't know, maybe just because you've been on it the one time, you don't remember some of these details, but I find the attraction to be like dirtier and like grimier, like for some reason, it just feels like they don't clean it as well. So like, that's Hmm. my initial impression. And then you have these things like, and look, I would not say I'm a competitive person, but I love games. Like I love, I love when things are gamified and I can interact. Like you said, like shooting stuff with your friends for points. Like that's fun. I don't really care if I win, but it makes the ride so much fun. And, and problem number one, there's only one value of point target at the magic Kingdom. (laughs) one. It's like, you know, so it's like, okay, I can shoot the easy target right in front of me or the hard target far away from me. What's the difference? I'm getting the same mm. number of points. So, like, why am I even trying to shoot those ones that are far away? Number two, you can't take the gun off of, or the blaster, right, sorry. Yeah. You can't take the blaster off of the holster. So, you're yeah. act, you have to kind of, like, lean with it, you know, doing a little...
1: Lean with a rock with it. Exactly.
0: Uh, <laughs> as, you're, as you're trying to, like, pick off these targets... I love doing a little, you know, behind the back, little like swivel to the back of my chair. Yeah. Because yeah. you you and the person that you're riding with are having to sort of like it, it's a it's a complicated situation because it's like, oh, we're competing in against each other but like there's only one toggle to control the vehicle so who's gonna do it
1: when, <laughs> when if you're, you're able that to- friend you're just sabotaging the other person like oh you wanted that one we're gonna go ahead and swivel this way right
0: and so at least on astro blasters you can sort of like do a little turn you know swivel yeah, yourself yeah, yeah. And, and try and get that target that um that's on the other side of the car or whatever um and and like those are those are really big things that that make that gaming element a, a lot less fun to me. Pirates of the Caribbean agree with everything you say. You know, you miss the caverns, you miss the Bayou element. Um, and this is something that's sort of true for I think all of Walt Disney World in general. Everything's just a little less shiny. Not literally shiny, but figuratively, it, it just doesn't have that same sort of like. I don't even know what it is, you know, it just just that yeah. quality is is like ninety percent of the way. It's not sure. that hundred and five percent that's at Disneyland. and like that's okay. I still really enjoy it, but Pirates of the Caribbean is one of those that stands out to me. It's just like everything just it feels just a little off, you know mm. um, but I'm gonna go with it. I'm gonna go with pirates. uh you know, one of the other downsides to buzz, I think is just that. Genie plus absolutely ruins your ability (laughs) to get on this ride. You know, an (laughs) Omni mover like that with no pre-show has no business, uh, uh, you know, stopping the flow to let, to let people in. So I'm going to go with pirates. I think it's an easy walk on at times. And for the most part, you get a lot of bang for your buck. So Michael, you're breaking your first tie here.
2: Oh, that's a fun one. Um, well, I brought my galactic hero sticker right oh, here. Oh, this guy
0: flexing <laughs> on us. Okay.
2: Flexing. Um so I think I've only done the space the was it astro blasters in yep. Disneyland. Yep. I think I've only done that one time. Mm. I do remember it being different though, because obviously, like you can pick up the um blaster and stuff like that. But Buzz is always fun to just like hmm. jump on and get get some get some competition going. So that's, but, but, it's pirates, man! <laughs> pirates of the Caribbean. It's y'all's is better, hundred percent. I will say, I I love the Pirates of the Caribbean ride at Disneyland. It is so much better. There's so much more theming element to it, but. I mean, our Pirates is still pretty good for the sake of, like, a ride that's never really that busy. They have very nice cast members. <laughs> I'd love to point that out. They have, like, really nice cast members hmm. all the time. So I think it's really close, but just give it to Pirates to edge out just because, you know, it is, it kind of just has that tag with it of being a premier ride.
0: All right, Pirates moves on to the next round. Heading down the left side of this bracket, we have the number four seed Haunted Mansion versus the number 13 Country Bear Jamboree. We, 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 yeah, we got to go at the Haunted <laughs> Mansion. I mean, there, there are rides like Carousel of Progress that I love the, uh, the quaintness of it, the simplicity of the presentation, but you know, something about country bears, it doesn't feel as refined in the same way as something like carousel Progress or even like hall of presidents does. It just feels like it hasn't aged quite as well physically, you know, like you can kind of hear some of the rattling of the bears and the, the plastic clicking of the eyeballs in a way that you can't really on some other animatronics across the Disney parks. Um, and the, and the song selection, it just as a huge country music fan, mind you like this genre of music is one of my favorites. It is near and dear to my heart, but um, it just isn't very good. It just isn't very good. Um, there are people that, you know, it's like always something in Philadelphia. We're like, Oh, you just don't get the joke. Like, you yeah. know, it's all supposed to be satirical. And like, like, I don't care. It's really not funny. Even if it is satirical, like I, I don't know. So sure. There's people that it's, a, it's a, has a special place in their hearts, I guess, but uh, it's not it. So, Mansion pretty easily <laughs> for me here.
1: Yeah, it's definitely Mansion. I do appreciate what Country Bears means to the history of Disney attractions. And this thing that was meant for a defunct or a, a not even built ski resort in California made its way to Florida. Uh, I think it's cool. And I like the concept that it's obviously like something that then gets replicated at places like Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, But I'm honestly like a little excited to see what they do with the new iteration of it. We've got a little bit of a a sneak preview recently on Disney social media of what they're trying to do with this attraction. And they're going to kind of countrify some Disney songs. And the teaser that we got was Bare Necessities, obvious pick. But it sounds fun and sounds really good. So I'm excited to see what they do with it. But it's been in desperate need of a refresh. If we can refresh attractions like Pirates, uh, then we can definitely refresh attractions like Country Bears and it's going to be okay. (laughs) I promise you. Um, So yeah, Mansion moves on easily here. Mike, I'm assuming that you would have done the same thing. But my question for you is, up until they announced... That Country Bears is going away, which I think was this past summer at whatever D23 thing that they they had. Was this ever a place that people were going to regularly? Like was that lobby ever somewhat full? Because when Chris and I went was a couple weeks after that announcement, and we were in a packed theater. And I was like, I hate, I hate that people are like showing up now because I have a feeling it wasn't like that.
2: No, it's not really been that popular a ride. It's kind of like a cult classic. You know, like, you you have your die-hard country bear fans. I am not one of them. (laughs) So, to me, I like the concept, but it's so outdated. It's like you said, the animatronics were kind of holding on, like, just barely. Obviously, some of the material is just really, really bad. (laughs) So... (laughs) hopefully this raper kind of like puts a little bit more life into it because I do like the concept and I love the thought of like a Disney country music hall as a fan of music as well.
0: Um, Kyle, do you know if, if the country bears were like a Mark Davis like thing, because I, I I like the, the sort of like different designs of like all the different bears. So I understand the appeal of kind of like this ensemble being sort of endearing.
1: Right. Yeah. No, he he did the concept work for the Country Bears. So if you look up, you know, all of the, the art for this attraction before it was made, you could tell it's like the exaggerated Mark Davis stuff, similar to what he did with Pirates.
0: Sure. And this, of course, Mineral King. Mineral, this right. was a Mineral King joint before yep. anything else.
1: <laughs> all right. Let's move on to this next matchup here. We've got the Space Mountain at the 5 seed taking on the TTA People Mover uh, at the 12 seed. And interestingly, you would think, oh, Kyle goes to Florida one time. He's probably going to ride Space Mountain. Nope. In this matchup, we didn't go on Space Mountain. Instead, we went on the People Mover. So (laughs) I had to actually go and watch a ride through of Magic Kingdom Space Mountain because I knew it's i knew it was different like i know it's it's a different slightly different attraction but it's it's much more different than what people talk about like as i was going through i was like what am i am i watching the correct one am i watching mm-hmm. one from literally the 70s and it kind of it kind of is right and i think that's what makes it so enjoyable of a, of a watch for me obviously i didn't go on it but like it's so it's so different so you don't get the big uh Unveiling of the load station, like you do in Disneyland, where you turn a corner and all of a sudden there's these rocket blasters, and below you are the the dual load stations. Instead, you kind of get this like very big platform. If I was seeing it correctly, and you kind of just load onto these rockets that you're sitting uh, bobsled style. Yeah, uh, you have your own little rocket that you're sitting in, which honestly, like. I love that. Yes, a yeah. lot. And,
0: and they're not spoon. They're not spooning seats. No, you have you your, your own seat back and seat belt. But you're a single file.
1: Yeah, you get your own little space pod. And what? Why that makes such a big difference for me is because as you go through to get to space, hmm. you turn a corner and you enter the light speed tunnel. And this light speed tunnel is so much smaller than the one in Disneyland that it is so much more convincing. And you're by yourself. You're in your little own pod. So you're not experiencing it with somebody next to you. You're just, lights just move past you. You're just, you're zooming through. You're zooming through. I thought that was super cool. Um, you then like go up the lift hill and you're passing like the, like what seems like the International Space Station. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're right. Um, yeah. And so you're, you're climbing your way through space before you go tumbling through it. Uh, and then once you get into the thing, I was shocked to realize that there's not onboard audio with this one. Is that correct? Or I was just not hearing it?
0: I don't know. I, I would imagine there's not onboard audio, but there is audio. It's just offboard audio.
1: Right. You're like zooming past things that are making like space yeah. noises. Am I mm-hmm. right, Mike? Yeah. Okay. So that makes it really eerie and scary. <laughs> And that's like what the OG, I mean, this is the OG Space Mountain, uh, but Disneyland's OG Space Mountain also was audio less. And this is kind of the attraction that brought onboard audio to the forefront. Like, there's all of these stories of the Imagineers going on with their Walkman and trying to time things up. Like, this is the original form. And I really like that. I think that's awesome. It stands for the ingenuity that we're going to see. They're able to put a coaster indoors. They're able to theme it in the Disney way, uh, especially at the time where we're starting to see things turn even increasingly more IP. We've, we get this IP-less attraction in Tomorrowland that really stands for what Tomorrowland was built on, which is this kind of like, what's the new frontier? What's next? What's, what's going to happen in the next 50 years? And it was space travel. And it still holds up today. I really like this Space Mountain experience a ton. I do miss the kind of California surf rock that you get yeah. on the California yeah. one as you're zooming through. Um, but for what it's worth, like the buildup at the Florida resort is so much better than the one in California. Uh, so I really I was happy that I I went to YouTube and checked that one out because I had no idea. The people mover, baby. This is one that I really wanted to go on while we we're in Florida and we made it happen. We stood in a line that was way too long for it, but uh, we, we got on it anyways. People Mover kind of just brings you through Tomorrowland, and you get to get a little taste of the attractions that are there. You're over the, uh, whatever they call their utopia. What is it? This is a Tomorrowland, Tomorrowland Speedway. Speedway. Yeah. God, I'm out here. Uh, yeah. you travel over the Tomorrowland Speedway. You're going through Space Mountain itself. Uh, you even pass through a diorama of Progress City, which is Epcot's original form that Walt had kind of thought up of. So you're traveling through tomorrow and then you're looking into the increasingly further future with a Progress City. It is so nostalgic. It is such a nostalgia based, (laughs) uh, you know, transportation attraction, except that Mm -hmm. you can't get off anywhere except for where you started. So it's more of just kind of like a touring transportation less like a you know disney world or disneyland railroad uh so it's just kind of like a a you know slow down with your day which i really do appreciate out of the people mover yeah um you get a little bit of like a a a tom morrow uh reference in this attraction which Mm -hmm. shout out our boy tom morrow um I don't know. I had a lot of fun on it. I really enjoyed it as like the Disney history geek in me. And the fact that we stare at empty people mover tracks at Disneyland every time we enter Tomorrowland to be on the actual thing that inhabited it is awesome. I really I really enjoyed it. I also found it super interesting and I didn't really realize this, but like the the trains of the people mover it felt like they kind of just threw cars together at any interval, right? Like some of the trains mm. were like 16 cars long and then some of the trains were like six cars long. Uh, and so I don't know what that system is. Like, I don't know how they how they do it. They just throw things on and like based on demand and sometimes it's four, sometimes 16, whatever. Um, but it was cool. I really liked it. Uh, I'm going to go Space Mountain here. I think <laughs> that this attraction embodies... What Magic Kingdom was attempting to be, which is bring folks to the Florida resort and allow them to get a taste of of the thrills outside of the dark attractions that Disney is well known for. Uh, this really embodies what the '70s of Disney was trying to be, building up into the '80s and '90s, uh, and it represents kind of that innovation where they're able to give a plot, they're able to plus up. A roller coaster in a way that many other places weren't really doing at all. And so I really like that out of them. The People Mover, I love, again, I love that it stands for tom- the future of transportation, uh, the transportation of literally tomorrow in Tomorrowland. Um, but again, I think that unless you're a big history nerd, Disney history nerd like ourselves, it's kind of just something that moves you around. Uh, and you're passing this like, massive diorama that is like this is what epcot was supposed to be and we're like who cares keep moving i want to go through space mountain now i'm gonna go space
0: mountain i okay so backstory we had uh genie plus reservations for space mountain but the ride experienced a technical difficulty we were unable to ride at that time And then the like one we got instead was during like our dinner window or something. So (laughs) it just didn't quite line up. Your breakdown is mostly on point, particularly when you talk about sort of the. It's like it feels older, but also feels like it's older in like a spaceship Earth kind of way where Mm. it has that sort of like mid-century charm to it. Where it's musty but comforting at the same time. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> the seats look like they're still from 1971 or whatever. I like, like yeah. these little hammock looking seats. Uh-huh, uh-huh.
0: The thing though is that the ride experience itself is somewhere in between the Matterhorn and the Space Mountain at Disneyland. Uh-huh. So it's like it's not backbreaking, but it's also not good. It's rideable. It's just not smooth either <laughs> uh, so i don't think it has the same sense of thrill that space mountain in california has and this is not an episode that's about comparing and contrasting no the californian florida park but um but just to give you a sense of what maybe you miss in watching it on a video instead sure. of actually riding it I think everything that you're saying about the people mover is why I like it more than Space Mountain. Uh, It is slow and it is just riding by and looking out and watching things. But in a park like Magic Kingdom, in a state like Florida, where I'm there for a week to sort of pace myself, this is exactly what I need uh, every single time that I get on the ride. Particularly around when the three of us wrote it, when, when we were out there, it was like sunset. The vibes mm-hmm. were absolutely immaculate. And yeah. as three people who really love the Disney parks, there are very few ways at the Magic Kingdom to to take in the sort of like, uh at, like inside baseball park planning mm. layout quality of like the magic kingdom, you know, like yeah. you get a little bird's eye view of things. And, uh, it's just, it's just fun to sort of like soak in the splendor of, uh, of the area, And at night too, when we get that, those lights everywhere, it's, it's mm. really, it really sings. So I'm going to go with the people mover. I mean, this is one of my favorite rides. And, uh, and so we're going to have to throw another tie break. Michael's way.
2: Oh man. I was hoping y'all would try and, like agree on this one cuz <laughs> these are two tough ones for me. I mean they're both kind of like super po- they're super popular for Disney World. Like people mover it's a great you, like you need to throw it into your like park routine because it gets you out of the heat. You can sit back, relax and you know kind of geek out on some some OG Disney stuff. Space Mountain though. I mean, this is this is one of those rides that like really started to define Walt Disney world. So it's, it's kind of tough. And I think that's what it's going to be for me. It's just edging it out. So, I mean, space mountain, it, it's definitely different than the one in California. I think they both have kind of their pros and cons as y'all both kind of alluded to, because it's not smooth. It's not as smooth anymore. And I think that's been somewhat recently, like last Hmm three to five years probably, but it could just be me getting old. I don't know. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I mean, Space Mountain is still so enjoyable. And if you can somehow get on there, like with less than a 30 minute wait, like you have to do it.
0: Uh, Let's hop over to the other side of the bracket. Speaking of roller coasters in Tomorrowland, we've got the number two seed Tron light cycle slash run versus the magic carpets of aladdin uh i've never been on the magic carpets of aladdin before (laughs) before we started recording uh i i told michael that as we were sort of looking at rides that made this list rides that didn't made the make this list it's shocking the number of rides that go spinny are in the magic kingdom you've got the magic carpets you've got not one but two dumbos you've got astro orbiter you've got the mad tea party You've got a little carousel, I think too. Is there a carousel at the Magic Kingdom? Sure. Yeah. Um so like what's unique about the Magic Carpens of Aladdin that's that makes you want to ride that as opposed to something else? It's got a, it's got an Aladdin skin on it. So <laughs> if that's your thing then maybe it's more enjoyable. I don't know. Uh it's up against Tron which is the ride that I think has overtaken seven Dwarfs Mine train is my favorite attraction at uh, the Walt Disney world resort. Uh-huh. Uh, I understand people's issues with it, but as someone who goes once in a while, who's willing to pay that extra money, who's willing to do the 7am virtual queue, um, absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. It was equally uh, immersive Entertaining, well themed, and most importantly, extremely thrilling. So it really checks all the boxes for me. Uh, so I'm going to go with Tron.
1: Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. There's no reason why Aladdin's carpet should even be on this bracket, honestly. Like, it's insane that it is. uh p- To put two identical spinners in the same park is bonkers. Mm-hmm. To have Aladdin and Dumbo at this, like, it's just insane. Why would you? ever do that Uh, people like dumbo because of the nostalgia of dumbo like that spinner is iconic that is like one of i would say it's probably one of the icons of a castle park is like the flying elephant attraction not carpets no what are we doing Hmm? Uh, i agree with you tron definitely has to move on i'm excited for next time because i really want we haven't talked publicly about tron we've given it to to jerry's gang but we haven't really talked about our experience i'm super excited to talk about that in the next round uh michael i'm assuming <laughs> that you would have also gone Tron here and not with the carpets
2: yeah of course but shout out to the spitting camel outside of that uh magic carpet ride
1: you know that that was something when we were in uh the magic kingdom that scared me i i I didn't know that that happened. <laughs> I, didn't, I was wondering where that water was coming from, to be honest, <laughs> and especially when you're walking through and it's not a damp day, but that part of the walkway is damp. It's like, what happened here? What am I missing? So oh, fast. camel is a water gun. All right, let's move on to this next matchup. We've got big thunder mountain railroad at the 17th seed taking on number 11 or number 10 under the sea journey of the little mermaid. And Chris, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad at Magic Kingdom is my favorite Magic Kingdom attraction. Ooh. Yeah. I had such a great time on that attraction. I think that the story buildup is so much fun in the queue. I think the atmosphere of Big Thunder there allows it to breathe a little bit more and also presents it as a little bit more of like a... I don't know, like, like a jewel of the area. Like it's a little bit perched up on the hill. You kind of climb to get up to it. Not to say that the queue, and we're not comparing it, but not to say that the queue at Disneyland isn't exciting. It's just so much different at Magic Kingdom in a way that makes it so fun. Uh, you're kind of building up to the lore of this haunted train attraction as you're walking through the queue. There's a lot of artifacts. There's a lot of like train history in it. like. It's just a really fun build up, And then once you get on it, like you're going through these dark shafts, you are racing through and around the mine itself. Like it was just such a fun experience. Uh, even without any of like the, the updated Disneyland stuff with like the explosions and yada, 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 who cares? Like I came off of that being like, that might be, and it was one of the first attractions we did that day. Yeah. I was like, this might be one like my favorite attraction here. It's gonna be pretty hard to beat. And it stood as that for me. Uh, I just I think it's just the perfect uh Big Thunder, if except that I haven't been to the Parisian one over at Disneyland Paris, which like is on its own little island, and I think that's pretty dope. But um I love this attraction. Simple, well themed. Uh, the story is fantastic, and you do feel like you're on a bit of a runaway train. And it's up against Little Mermaid, which is like it's it's little <laughs> it's the dark attraction that like the the building facade is better than the attraction itself like it's just not anything to write home about i've experienced a similar ride over at disney at dca like it is a people eater more than it is a must-do attraction it is not even really the best example of a disney dark ride like this is something that you say like Go on it, so you can get into the air conditioning, but like realize that pirates and the other fantasy dark rides have a much better theme and, and animatronic landscape than little mermaid does uh so I'm gonna go with big Thunder here,
0: yeah, definitely big thunder. I will say that this one always feels much more different than I remember uh when I ride it. I think there are things like you said the the it, the fact that it feels not necessarily like bigger, like you said, it just feels like there's more room for it to breathe. Uh, yeah. There are definitely like pros and cons to that. I really like sort of the near miss elements of a lot of the ones in California. Cause that creates a sensation of speed. That's a little bit different, but big Thunder, at magic Kingdom, definitely a, a really solid cruiser as well. And like you said, arguably better themed. So I'm with you. Little mermaid is like a, it's just like neither here nor there, you know, it's not like a quirky fun enough dark ride, but it's also not like a classic dark ride either. It's just, I don't know. It's just one that if you can get on it, like you said, you, you get on it. It's a filler one. So I'm with you, Michael, do you agree there? Or do you have some secret passion for little mermaid undersea adventure?
2: Nope. Big thunder all the way.
0: All right, cool. Let's uh, move down the bracket then where we have the number three seed Jungle Cruise versus number 14 Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor. So I've never done Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor, uh, so I had to check it out on video in preparation for this bracket. And like, I'm not above something like this, you know, like I sort of enjoy Turtle Talk with Crush. I certainly enjoy It's Tough to Be a Bug and Muppet Vision. But something about this show just was not landing with me. Caveat: I am not a huge stand-up comedy fan. <laughs> I was like at one point, but for some reason, like as I've gotten older, I've just found it a lot less funny. And I don't think that's—I don't think it's like we can't make jokes anymore. It's just out of the format itself. Like it just—I don't know. I, I'm not yeah. super into it. But, um, so, so like, that's kind of the whole approach of Monsters and Laugh Floors. Like you're at this comedy show and, and they do a lot of crowd work. A lot of it is like roasting the audience. And like, that's another (laughs) type of specifically a type of comedy that like, I don't really think is that funny. Uh Uh, and, and I think, you have to love comedy and you have to love crowd work to really like monsters in Clap floor. And I don't really like either of those things. I won't say like this ride sucks or it's a bad ride, but I just think it's definitely not for me. Um, yeah. Michael just dropped in the chat, Chris versus Matt Reif. Yeah, exactly. Get, get this man's, uh, collagen <laughs> injected lips out my face. Um, so yeah, I'm going with Jungle Cruise. Easy here. I mean, I think this is one of the rare rides that I actually think is better uh, in Florida mm. than it is in California. That's sort of a hot take. I've I've never really been too high on Disneyland's Jungle Cruise, but um, I think there there are some more like thrilling elements almost in the Magic Kingdom's Jungle Cruise that I that I think uh, make it really fun. So I'll go with number three seed here.
1: Yeah, I obviously also had to watch. Um, laugh floor. and my last trip to Disneyland was the first time that I did Turtle Talk with Crush because I was with a couple of toddlers. Um and like, I had a great time at that. T- ton of fun at that, but also, like it's for it's for the kids. like the kids get to ask the questions, like the parents and the adults kind of sit in the back, and like, it was much more enjoyable to watch than it was to participate this one. Where you are randomly selected to participate scares me because I do not want to participate. I kind of want to watch it. I I like uh, crowd work. Nina and I actually went to a crowd work show uh, in San Francisco a couple of years ago with a comedian that we really really like, and it was a lot of fun. Um, but it, as long as it's not just like roast sessions, right? Like if if the jokes are good, if it's actual work and not just roasting audience members then it can be a good show and that's where monsters ain't kind of toes that line there's some things that are like meant to roast the audience there's some that is asking them to participate and it's just a anxiety inducing experience for somebody like me because i don't want to be on the dance cam at a game let alone in this little intimate auditorium with other guests of the parks um, I like the technology. I like what they do. I like that it can be individualized and personalized to each show. Uh, it's that kind of, you know, the the actors are doing it live while the technology is responding to, to it. We're not quite there yet <laughs> with the matching of the, the mouths to, you know, the puppets itself. Turtle Talk does a much better job than Monsters, Inc. does at that. But it's still a fun thing if you're into that sort of thing. It's a nice display of technology. It's a nice display of kind of interactive entertainment that Disney does super well. So I appreciate it for what it is. But Jungle Cruise is the staple of a castle park, of a Disney parks experience. Um, I, It's not an attraction that I have to go on anytime that I'm at the Magic Kingdom or Disneyland. I did not think it warranted the like 75 minute wait that we yeah. were seeing it get yeah. at Magic Kingdom while we were there. Like that is bonkers to me. Obviously, Genie Plus helps ramp ramp that up a ton. Um, but it it was fun. It was enjoyable. It was the jungle cruise with a little bit of uh some different show scenes and sets than what we get in California. So it was cool. So I'm gonna agree with you. I'm gonna move jungle cruise on, Michael. Um, do you go on Laugh Floor? Is that something that like if you bring somebody that maybe hasn't been to the parks before, are you like, let's go, let's go to Laugh Floor?
2: No. It's <laughs> it's not one of those. It's it's like uh it's like one of those things you do like every once in a while when maybe it's like an unbearable summer day and you want to, to just do all the stuff that's inside. Mm. So like that's kind of like when I would throw it in. Um have
1: you ever been picked on?
2: No, I haven't.
1: Whoa.
2: I was I was going to say the, the one thing that like I dislike is the fact I've never been hit. (laughs) I've never been that guy as they say in the ride. So I don't know. I've always just looked at it from like the, just a general guest and it's all right. It's kind of funny, but you know, turtle talk is definitely, I think the better out of like that type of ride. So let alone, you know, come up to it, come up to the level of a jungle cruise. So Definitely
1: agree. All right. Final matchup of this round of 16. It's number six, Peter Pan's Flight versus number 11, The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. And while we were at the parks, uh, we did not go on Peter Pan's, but we did go on Winnie the Pooh. Uh, shout out that gift shop that they've got because it's massive. Yes. <laughs> at the Magic Kingdom, Winnie the Pooh. Um, but this this attraction I was super happy to get on because the big, One of the most large controversies of the Magic Kingdom is the fact that they took out uh, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride to put in Winnie the Pooh in in this spot. And what we're used to on the West Coast is Winnie the Pooh being tucked away in Critter Country where it fits and it makes a lot of sense and it's really well themed. And then here you are in this Fantasy Fair area and Winnie the Pooh just exists in the middle of a spot that you're not really used to maybe at other parks. And so I was happy to be like, heck yeah, I get to go on the thing that made people really mad because Toe doesn't exist here anymore. And it was just kind of like one of those, you know, bits for me where it was just like, yeah, here's the thing that replaced a very iconic dark ride and, uh, and we're going on it right now. Peter Pan's Flight, same as the West Coast one. I didn't watch it. Is it?
0: Uh, basically, I mean, I would compare it sort of to like Pirates of the Caribbean, or maybe even more like Haunted Mansion, where like it's it's the same, it's just less like uh refined, I guess. Mm. Mm.
1: Okay, I I think no matter what in this matchup, I'm going to go with Peter Pan's flight because I still do like the flyover ride vehicles. Uh, it's a little bit more. Enjoyable. It's an IP that I like a little bit more. Uh, You can see some of the, you know, the advances in technology with uh, dark rides in this attraction that you don't really see in the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh, where you get a lot of static images or a lot of static figures. You get a lot of cardboard cutouts. You get a lot of blacklight, which is kind of what they did in the the OG days. But Peter Pan's Flight is really that exceptional. Attraction to be like this is what a Disney dark ride really is. It's this quaint, nostalgia based, uh, you know, not too over the top attraction, and I really like that of Peter Pan, and it gives you something a little bit different than sitting on the floor of a, a, you know, a careening cart that you get in some of the other ones. So, uh, yeah, shout out Winnie the Pooh because I actually really enjoy that attraction soundtrack like a lot (laughs) it has some bangers on it heffalumps and woozles goes real hard um but peter pan is that that icon so i'm gonna have to go the higher seed here
0: um so when it comes to wait time tron is still on the virtual queue system but seven dwarves mine train jungle cruise and peter pan's flight are your your three headed monster of wait times at magic kingdom but I can't help but think of that three-headed dragon meme where two of them are like looking real fierce and one is like a derp. And the derp right. is Peter Pan's flight. I, I just, I don't really see, I, I get what you're saying, the flyover, sure, it's, it's great. It's just, you think the weight for the one in California is bad. The one, the weight for <laughs> the one in Magic Kingdom is just, it's completely unbearable. I don't think anyone has any business waiting standby for that one. Sure. Winnie the Pooh is never not a good time. Uh, It's one of those (laughs) rides that like you always go in with semi-low attractions and you always forget just how enjoyable that experience is. It's one that the wait time gets up there, but if you can get it at the right time of day or it's generally available for Genie Plus for a pretty quick um, turnaround time. Uh I, I think it I think that makes it a, a really worthwhile experience. So I'm actually gonna go with Pooh. That means we're ending this bracket with another Michael tiebreaker.
2: Oh a fun one. These are two rides I tend to avoid. And it's kinda like you said, Peter Pan's wait time, it's it never makes sense. It will never <laughs> make sense. I mean, it's a little flyover ride. It's like it's fun. But is it two hours fun? <laughs> No, no. Um, Winnie the Pooh. Another thing that I just tend to not get on. I, lot Lots of families and children. So, I mean, I, I don't think you really see too much straight outside of, like, the family dynamic and, like, little kids. Um, kind of the same for both. But I think I'm going to go with my more favorite IP, which is Winnie the Pooh. So, I mean, I, I think they're both kind of on the same level. Just, uh, just I'm really just picking biased here. Winnie the Pooh, <laughs> let's do it.
1: You got to do it. And you got to upset at least one of these so we don't have the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, elite eight that we almost ended up with. Also, I will say about Winnie the Pooh, and we can dive into that further next time interactive cues, man. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the Winnie the Pooh Interactive yeah. Cue. Yeah. It's it's a nice addition to that attraction, especially if you're going to wait in some sort of line with kids who need something to do instead of climb over the rails. So shout out that. Um, but yeah, we've reached that elite eight. It was kind of uh, you know, usually we we are long-winded with these attractions, and I've I tried to hold it until part two. So maybe part two will be the longer one this time around. The Elite Eight looks like this. Number one, Seven Doors Mind Train is gonna take on number eight parts of the Caribbean. Number four, Haunted Mansion is taking on number five, Space Mountain. Number two, Tron Light Cycle Run is going to take on number seven, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. And number three, Jungle Cruise is going to take on number 11, The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Michael, thanks for joining us for our inaugural Magic Kingdom Walt Disney World bracket. Uh, Your insight is very valuable, considering my memory is awful. Uh, And we really can't wait until you come back for next time to break some more ties.
2: Thanks for having me, guys. I love talking about Disney World, and especially since we had our boys trip, love talking about it with y'all. All
0: All right, everyone, you know how to reach us. If you have some Magic Kingdom insights of your own, did we get these brackets right when we're talking about the best magic kingdom attraction send us an email at mouse podcast at gmail.com or support us on patreon by becoming a member of jerry's gang at patreon.com slash mouse madness you can also engage with us on social media all of you can also engage with us on social media all of our channels are linked in the description of this podcast hurry back we would like your company